Will and Christian in the morning. Hello, everyone. Late Merry Christmas and still kind of late, but not as late. Happy New Year. And welcome back to another episode of Will and Christian in the morning here in the year 2021. So exciting. And as always, I'm Christian. I'm Will. And we got a great show for you today. But first, uh, Will, we got a special guest. Why don't you tell us who it is? Yeah, to, to start off the new year, we have a new guest on the podcast. Uh, everyone give a round of applause in your own homes uh, to my friend Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hello. Good to be here. Great to have Good you. To have you. Um, Thanks so very we're much. Gonna, so we're going to be doing in a little bit a little uh, conversation about the world of music, which is something that we don't delve into as much as movies and tv and all that stuff so um definitely should be exciting but i know you're introducing but christian how was your week (laughs) um it was good i mean it's a it's a new year very exciting um i've just been chilling sort of winding down as school approaches i'm going back next week um so i've just been chilling you know same old same old but you know, it's been good. How about you, Will? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, it feels weird that break is like kind of almost done because I don't know. It's felt really long, but also not. Or I just don't want to go back because <laughs> I don't want to have to do work. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, New Year. I don't. I don't really have like a New Year's resolution. I'm doing a theme this year, um, Ooh, which I found it. out about from someone where instead of like a rigid goal of like go to the gym this many times a week it'll be like in your life try to like if there's an opportunity to make like the choices that you want to make then make them so i'm doing a year of health because uh i i think i could do better like i'm not i don't think i'm extremely unhealthy but like that's something i want to improve on but i don't want to force myself to be like you have to do this 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 and this at these times so i'm gonna do a year of health I think that's a good idea, sort of not really setting specific goals where then you could maybe not complete them and then you'll be disappointed because, oh, I didn't do this specifically. So I think sort of generalizing it like a year of health and like just saying if you have the opportunity to be healthy, do it. I think that is more doable and seems much more manageable. So good job. Inspiring. Um, Yeah, sounds dope, my dude. Yeah, Dan, how has your winter break been? It's been good. It's been good. I I started off at home for a few days, and then on Christmas morning, because we did Christmas on Christmas Eve, uh, then Christmas morning we went to Florida, and we spent about a week or so there, a little over a week. And uh, my girlfriend came down, and uh, we had fun swimming in the pool, and I got attacked by my small cousins, and and uh we had a lot of late night parties and karaoke and it was, it was a good time sounds like a lot very of fun. good time now i'm back here and uh, i'm just hanging out uh doing some music stuff i'm getting ready to release a single um which if you guys want we could play a, a small portion of today definitely sure um and... but yeah just hanging out yeah. living so, life yeah nice nice uh, what's your single called by the way uh, it's called Those Eyes, and it's a it's a country single that I've been working on. It was a co-write with uh, me and my buddy uh, Ben, and uh, my friend Tucker produced it, and then we got mixers and masters and and uh, 
all the things that go into something like that. Um, and I actually haven't said when it's going to be releasing yet on my social media, but I guess I'll, I could say it here. It's going to be releasing oh. the Friday before Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah, we just got an exclusive on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you got an exclusive right here. So, Dan, do you think we could hear a little snippet for our all our loyal listeners here? Yeah, totally, man. It's um, It hasn't been released yet, and so um, it'll be an exclusive, uh, never before seen, uh, except by the people that worked on it. Um, so I, I can go into um, how, how we made it and uh, how many people were involved and how a single gets released. And um, w- whether you're like on a, on a really basic level or if you're working with like the giant like studios, it's usually the same process, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we could totally we could totally play some stuff. I'm yeah. down. That's pretty cool. So here it is exclusive for Will and Christian in the Morning listeners. Those eyes. When I look into those eyes, was a pretty cool song and it sounds really good yeah i'm really thank excited you very much full release but uh and i'm excited to talk about you know the process because i'm always fascinated by that process but first we got a little pre-show news to discuss as usual so a uh, big announcement from marvel uh kevin feige recently announced that deadpool 3 will officially be a part of the mcu it's, of course, keeping Ryan Reynolds, and it is confirmed to be rated R, which is very exciting because there were a lot of there's a lot of discussion whether or not Deadpool 3 would be rated R or whether it would be a part of the MCU. So this is a very exciting announcement. And uh, I saw uh, Ryan Reynolds like retweeted a news article about it. And he said, to be fair, I showed them spider-man one and two and told them there were deadpool one and two <laughs> that was funny but uh that's very exciting um i mean i enjoyed the first two deadpool movies and i think ryan reynolds is really good and i'm excited to see how he'll interact with the other mcu characters and i guess this will be the first part of like the x-men or the fox marvel characters coming into the mcu so this is very exciting yeah um 
I think it, uh, an interesting thing would be, I don't think they're going to do it, if they would bring in, like most Marvel movies now, if it's a solo movie, they bring in another like Avengers character into the movie. Mm-hmm. So like I can imagine like Rocket Raccoon or something being in Deadpool 3 and just dropping F-bombs <laughs> like every two seconds. Wait, wait I didn't think That would be that. pretty funny. Now like the MCU characters can be, you know, can say the F-word and all that. That sounds fantastic. I don't think they're gonna though, but I think the only way they would do it is if they like bring Groot or something, and he just says "I am Groot," but he's really saying like the most vulgar stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it's all the evil things that goes on in Vin Diesel's head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that should be exciting. I remember actually. I think it was Dan, you, and I, and Bo, a friend of the pod, Bo, saw the first Deadpool all together. Uh, when it came I know. Out. Oh my god. That was I, when I, I... snuck in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude, that was so funny. We were we were all heading in. I think my dad was my dad was with us too, and the the ticket lady she didn't even realize that Will was with us for some reason, and then <laughs> and then he gets away, and we're like, "Wait, Will, you didn't you didn't buy a ticket?" It's like, "Oh, no, I didn't." I thought, yeah, well. Uh... <laughs> We well, your dad got enough. it all for us. Yeah, we weren't old enough to buy tickets, so and I showed up like a little late, so I thought his dad had like had to buy all the tickets, and then I was like, "How much? How much was the ticket?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Um, and his dad's your dad's like a parole officer, right? Yeah. Now, now he's a supervisor. He just got promoted okay. a year ago. At the time, though, and I was like, uh, like, and it snuck into a movie. But I remember um, um, the, when I I saw Deadpool in theaters with two of my friends. Uh, one of which was friend of the pod matt um but we had to go see and we were like we were all 16 so we couldn't like buy the tickets ourselves so we all had to go see it with our moms so like i saw with my mom matt saw with his mom and my other friend anthony i think he saw it with his dad but we all had to bring our parents to deadpool and i think we enjoyed it more than they did (laughs) but uh that was it was a little awkward you know with the nudity i'm watching a nude scene in the movie sitting next to my mother but uh it, it was still a good movie so every child needs that moment where they no. just have a really awkward oh, nude God. scene with their parents oh, yeah this is what it happens to everyone we just need to recognize it <laughs> Fair. Uh, very exciting yes um some more marvel news uh the first disney plus marvel show wandavision is dropping this friday and not just one, but two episodes are going to be coming out uh, for the first week. I'm very excited. I've been rewatching a lot of the the movies uh, to kind of prepare myself because I haven't watched them in a in a while. Um, I think I'm up to like I'm probably going to watch Infinity War today and Endgame tomorrow. Um, nice. But uh, they f- keep putting out commercials for it. Like this is the first time I'm actively avoiding spoilers because <laughs> there's Good been job. like. Every time I go on YouTube, there's 10 different WandaVision ads. I'm like, I don't want to see this. Like, just let me wait till the show comes out. <laughs> um, Dude, I I haven't seen anything about it, but I, but I have been really excited about it. I'm really excited for this new, like, Marvel phase. Because, like, like, after Endgame, it, it's, it'd be really easy for them all to just die off. Especially, like, with COVID and all that. Like, it'd be so easy for them to just literally end it there and be one of the most amazing series like ever in existence mm-hmm. kind of kind of like what star wars did but um but that they didn't really do it the way that they should have but um that's another topic but the um 
I like I like where they're going with the with the TV series, especially with like Loki and, and WandaVision too. I, th- I think it's a I think it's a good angle. Yeah, definitely yeah. stuff they haven't done before. Like, I I just love the idea of like I Love Lucy type sitcom and like, uh, they and I we just found out um, a theme song at least for the first era uh, is being written by. Robert Lopez and Christian Anderson Lopez, who were the Ooh, writers of music combo. for Frozen, Book of Mormon, Avenue Q, all these really great uh, movies and shows. Um, and they they at least wrote a theme song for it. And I think there's going to be multiple theme songs for the different like TV Ooh. eras they go through. Um, and I'm extremely hyped for that. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Like the, the 90s type theme song, like the Full House type. Yes. I'm excited to see that intro. Like... You know, we just see like Vision standing on a pier and like laughing and looking at the camera. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yo, can we get Vision and and all the other uh, and all the other Marvel characters to sing "Too Many Cooks"? <laughs> that would be that would be the that would be the funniest that would be the funniest thing ever. I think they have that. I think they did an SNL skit of like all the Marvel people doing "Too Many." They did cooks. a Brady Bunch one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'm excited. I think it would be funny for like an episode like that during like the I Love Lucy type where like their neighbor comes over and it's like Captain America or something. Like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but um, just like Spider Man walks in, he's like, "Hey guys," he's like the newspaper boy or something. I saw um, I just saw yesterday that uh, Paul Bettany said there's going to be a surprise actor in the show that nobody will expect. So maybe it'll be one of those things. Where it's like a random MCU uh, character comes in. It's like, Vision, my car broke down. Do you have a spare tire or something? It's and Deadpool. It's Deadpool. <laughs> this is how Deadpool's introduced. He's just like, Vision, my, I, I need some, can I borrow some flour or something? Like, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> um, but I'm super hyped and it's, it kind of just crept up. Like, Usually with a wait like this, I'm like, oh, just like come out already. I want to watch it, and now it's here. So. Do you know when Loki's coming out? May. Oh, that that's is, the one I'm excited for. Falcon and Winter Soldier is that coming out in March? Yeah, I think it's like okay, right after Wandavision. I think it's gonna be like maybe a week break or like a short break, wow. and then Falcon and Winter Soldier, like, and then a short break, and then okay. Loki. So it's like nonstop Marvel content. Jeez, okay. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm very I, exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we got Universal is putting up some classic monster movies on YouTube for free. So you can check that out there. They got Frankenstein. They got Dracula. Uh, what else they got, Will? I didn't see the rest, but I would assume some of the, like, Invisible Man, maybe. I don't remember if that was one or, like, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, I never watched any of those. Gotta go back and uh, Gotta go back and see them. Yeah. Yeah. Our now, generations missed all the good old movies. Well, guess what? Well, quote unquote, good YouTube old movies for free. So you got the opportunity to watch them for free. Yeah. So okay. there you go. Um, new piece of information I saw. So MGM, uh, the one of the like I guess like original movie studios. I feel like um, has just put itself. I said but itself in the document. Uh, put itself up for sale for five billion dollars. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but uh, the first thing I saw is people was like, don't let Disney buy them, um, <laughs> because yeah. they have enough. Um, 
and I forget, I don't know if anyone put in like a bid, but it'll be interesting because they own like Wizard of Oz. Um, I should have researched what else they own, but I know Wizard of Oz is the big one. <laughs> um, is that the the one with the lion in the intro? That yes. Yeah. Okay. Lions uh, and tigers and bears. Oh my. Yeah, I actually just uh, like, showed up on my YouTube the other day. It's like a Family Guy clip where there's a lion as a kid in the classroom, and he's like, "When I grow up, I want to be in a circle and oh, roar before a movie that. starts." <laughs> and they all laugh. <laughs> um, oh, James Bond movies um, are MGM. Oh, that's gonna be oh, that's gonna be big. Someone's gonna redo James Bond again. Again, they're gonna get <laughs> Billie Eilish back. Let's see. So they have, um, they have, yeah, James Bond. They have the Pink Panther poltergeist legally blonde rocky uh so some pretty big franchises there all yeah. the other ones I, I haven't heard does of, that mean they own legally blonde on broadway i don't know hmm. that's Maybe. that'd be weird because then they got to contest with the broadway people and that's that's a mm. whole different industry i don't think they're they're even ready for <laughs> that's I crazy actually, i actually just listened to that musical i really liked it Mm-hmm. Everyone should check it out. Um, I was almost in it. I was really close to being in Legally Blonde. Really? They, yeah, I was. I remember I did. I was in this theater. Um, I was in this theater company in high school, and the last show I did with them was Footloose, and I played the preacher. That was really fun. But um, I told him I was going to do it the next year, but I never did because uh, I, I I think I got a job or something. I forget. But um, they did Legally Blonde, and I'm. 95% sure they were going to make me play the um the professor guy. Oh, yeah, that yeah, would have been That does the movie. blood in the water, that song. Yeah. I, I think they were going to I think they were gunning for me for that cuz the guy who who actually got it is like a really weird. He's one of those guys that like he's a dancer but when he dances it looks like he's going to kill someone. Oh. So, I don't I don't, I don't think uh, that's interesting. Yeah, it it was it's really hard to explain. You kind of have to see it for yourself, but um, I think I think they were definitely gunning for me for that. And then when I came to see the show, they're like, "Oh, you said you were gonna do this," and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to make money." So <laughs> that's my legally that's, blonde story. That's a pretty <laughs> funny story. But um, so yeah, they're going up for sale. Um, maybe I'll pitch in a few dollars. Um, I think if we pool our money, we can afford it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Guys, buy some, buy mugs and shirts, and give us money so we can buy MGM. Let's do it. Finally, achieve our dream of making the Will and Christian the Morning movie. We reboot Wizard of Oz, and we're like we're all the all friends of the pod are the characters. Um, the wonderful friends of the pod. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's great. Come on, guys. Um, come on. That's perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see. Uh, so now here. Uh, there was this movie that was released. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Soul. But uh, before we talk about that, because I want to talk about it, there were a couple other movies that I saw over winter break that I want to talk about. Did either of you guys see Wonder Woman 1984? No. No, but I heard it was a train wreck. It was... I wouldn't say train wreck, but I would say not good. So it was like... It's... Okay, so it's a sequel to the first Wonder Woman movie. Um... The first Wonder Woman movie was, like, it, it was okay. You know, I'm not really the target audience and everything, but, like, it was... I liked uh, it. It was a little strange. I love the first one, actually. I mean, yeah. That was the I, only was, DC movie I've, I've ever, like, loved. In the, when then, like, 
like after 2000 besides like some of the batman stuff the early stuff oh yeah but uh so this is a sequel set in the 80s if you couldn't tell from the title um but the two there are two villains but the main villain is um it's like maxwell stone i think his name is something like that played by pedro pascal oh um and it and the other one is um sheeta barbara walters i think her name is and but that she's played by kristen wig um so it revolves around this wishing stone kind of thing that like if you hold it and you wish for something it grants your wish but at a price so like something is taken away so um as you see from all the trailers um diana wishes that steve trevor comes back to life and he does but the price is that he doesn't really come back to life he just kind of takes over this random guy's body which is a little strange yeah but, they could have um, just like actually brought him back i think yeah. that would have made a little more sense right yeah, so it was a little yeah it was a little weird um so mac and i guess spoiler warning but it's on oh, yeah, hbo okay. if you want to watch it whatever but uh <laughs> so maxwell is this big he's the evil oil man type and he wants power obviously so when he finds the wishing stone he wishes to become the wishing stone so now he grants the wishes and now whoever like holds his hand and wishes for something their wish is granted and how the original wishing stone took something away he says okay i'm gonna grant you this wish but i'm gonna take this from you so he then he builds up and he gets like power from the president and then he uses the a tv satellite to like broadcast to every screen in the world and grants everybody's wishes and then there's just chaos and diana has to defeat him while also defeating cheetah who is this kind of like dorky quirky smart girl that nobody likes and she wishes to be you know popular and liked and then she becomes she gets kind of super or she wishes to be like diana so she ha gets these powers and you know she can beat the bad guys and then towards the end she makes another wish which doesn't really make sense because everybody gets one um and she says she wants to be the apex predator speaking of legally blonde that's right? mean girls not mean girls no <laughs> oh, man. legally mean Forget girl that. legally Legal mean okay. <laughs> she wishes to be the apex predator so she turns into a cat from the movie cats in 2019 and it's <laughs> It's a weird CGI oh, fight scene. It's dimly lit, but it's still not. She does not look good. Um, and then you know Diana gives up Steve Trevor as her wish because everyone has to give up their wishes in order to set things right. But I don't know. It's not really that great of a movie. But what I think is funny is that um, DC or the studio, whatever Warner Brothers, are um, setting or they're you know considering they're seeing the four for your consideration for the Oscars, sending Wonder Woman 1984 for every single Oscar category. I just think it's kind of funny because it's not really What? It'll probably get some because no movies came out. <laughs> but it was such... Okay, I didn't see I'm it, just... but, I, but I did look up a lot of stuff about it. And uh, I heard that there was almost no plot to the movie. Like, that you could have made the scenes in any different order 
and it would have it would have literally changed nothing. So it's a cool. I like the cool concept. The wishing stone is interesting. The you wish for something, but it takes something away. And they call it the monkey's paw, which is like an old story that I read in high school. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of cool, but it's just not really executed that well. Well, so wishing some- wishing movies are always. <laughs> The, the whole point of a wishing movie is to make all this wacky crap happen, and then by the end of the movie, it's all fixed. But the problem with Wonder Woman 1984 is that all this crazy crap happens, and then nothing gets fixed. It like it's like there's no happy ending. It's just like all this mayhem, and then it all stays that way. Except for well, Trevor, like disappearing and then well, becoming the, the guy again, it, it's just yeah. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny that they're submitting it for every single Oscar category. I, so that's Wonder Woman 1984. I think but um, another movie. Oh, sorry, what you I, well, I was going to say I think the the wishing movie genre peaked with that um, fairly odd parents TV movie with the muffins. Oh, at oh, Abracadabra. Yeah, that was that's where that's where it went downhill after that. <laughs> that, was, that was well, crazy. the reason why Fairly Odd Parents worked in the first place is because they had the whole the rules thing, and they had like consequences for doing yeah. specific True. things. Like they had the big Jorgen guy with like the huge muscles mm. and the big like fairy stick, and they had like there was actually like some structure to it because you couldn't do whatever you wanted. But with yeah. any other wishing movie, especially with Wonder Woman. All bets are off, and there's and there's really no. It's like giving someone the nuclear button without them doing anything for it. Like if you if you gave Thanos the the Infinity Gauntlet with all the stones in it at the beginning of the movie, what like where where's the where's like the where's the story? You know, you're just giving someone ultimate power for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so not not a great movie, but there was another movie that I saw. Not so. That was also good. It was called The Sound of Metal. Now this is getting some like legitimate Oscar buzz, but it's on Amazon. Pretty sure it's free. Um, it's got Riz Ahmed, who was uh, Bodhi the pilot in Rogue One, and he was also the lame bad guy from Venom. But he's really good in this movie. So it's about this heavy metal drummer who, after years of drumming, starts to lose his hearing and he goes deaf. So then the whole movie is about him at this like deaf community camp kind of thing. Like he's living in a house with a group of deaf people and he's going to like this deaf school and he's sort of learning to um, deal with being deaf. And I think it's, I don't want to like spoil it or anything. I don't want to say much beyond, beyond that, but it's really, it's a really, really good movie and it's really inspirational and it kind of like, you know, made me put things in perspective. You know, it it made me view th- some things differently, and you know, it it obviously makes you thankful for your hearing. But like, you know, it's it's a really good movie. I think you guys should check it out. So that was another one I watched. But then we watched Soul. And Will, did you watch Soul? Yes, I watched. I think I watched it on Christmas, like after everything I did, like with my family. Oh. I really enjoyed it i thought i felt like it was like an adult not adult but like it had adult concepts like it wasn't like like inside out yeah it wasn't really a movie like it was i feel like most kids wouldn't really like enjoy this as much as another pixar movie um but i really liked it Uh, i think think? i think a lot of kids they don't really because because a lot of the movies about your own mortality 
you know, mixed with like music stuff and, and a whole bunch of like, like, oh, what's your purpose in life? Um, but it's, it, it's a very, it's a very different concept that I don't think kids can grasp because when you're a kid, you think you're immortal and then you kind of grow up and you're like, oh, I'm going to die someday. Not to be depressing, but, but like, that is what growing up is, is kind of understanding your place in the world. Um, and then, I mean, like, even though kids can't grasp that, I think it is still a movie that, that people, especially younger people can appreciate. Yeah. I mean, I went into this movie, (laughs) I wasn't entirely sure what to expect, like, but I don't know. I thought it would be more of a focus on like jazz music because I knew there was like the soul world kind of thing. And I I mean, I thought they would spend the majority of the movie in the great the great before is what they call it but it spent a good chunk in the human world and i thought it was really good i love the music obviously you know uh la la land one of my favorite movies so of course i appreciate the jazz here um but i think as being i guess a musician myself i think it was you are a musician what are you talking about yeah (laughs) We're all musicians. musicians. Uh, You know, as a musician, um, I think I really appreciated the movie's message. It was like, you know, he was just, he kept waiting and waiting for this day to break, you know, for his, his moment to come. And then he finally gets at it and he's like, I thought I'd feel different. And I really like the, uh, uh, what's her name? The, the lady. And she gave that little, no, 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 not to it. The, the the singer that or the saxophone player that he plays no, with i don't remember uh, I oh I, I remember i remember her yeah uh, but that um, that is a, that is like how jazz especially jazz music is where were they new orleans or uh, uh they were in new, new york, york. new york it, lo- it looked a lot like because I, I literally just did a class on african diaspora and I'll, I'll tell you it looked a lot like new orleans in like some of the more downtown areas um but the it's kind of interesting how they took jazz music and how it, like you really could hear because like jazz music, like it has roots all the way back to like West African music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really cool to see those even in, in the movie where it like, like especially with like the certain rhythms and things that jazz has and it's, it's really free flowing. Um, and, and, and like, it was really cool how they, they just had like different soul. And that, that is really how jazz is. It's like different solos back and forth, and there's not really like a, a set form, and that, that's really cool, I think, to, to show off. Yeah, but uh, I really like that one quote that she said. It was like a joke or something, and she said, "It's like a fish is talking to another fish, and he's like, I'm trying to get to this thing called the ocean, and the other fish is like, what are you talking about? You're in it. And he's like, no, this is water. I'm looking for the ocean. And I think that's sort of you know, it's like you're looking for the big thing instead of focusing on the the little things. And so the movie was more about like, w- what is life about? And it's like appreciating life, you know, just living. That was 22 special skills, just living and appreciating life every single day. And I think that's really you know, inspiring and moving. And it it's definitely really a message movie. we need now. Yeah. yeah. And. I thought in classic Pixar style, I thought the humor was really good. I like all of the um, different historical figures that 22 has worked with and their little, you know, scenes together. I think it's really funny. Um, The whole gimmick where Joe turns into the cat. I think it's really funny. 
um yeah, yeah it's it's a great it's a great movie yeah you know? I, um yeah i think that this is some like a perfect like i feel like this appeals the most kind of to like young adults or like college students like us because now is the time where we're trying to figure out like what we're what we want to do in our lives and like almost like what our purpose is and i don't know it was kind of like refreshing i guess i feel like a lot of movies like this are like very much like you can do anything you want and you can if, if you have this goal you can do this um and this is more kind of like why don't you just like enjoy the ride and don't focus too much on I don't know, like, don't focus too much on your purpose or your calling because it might not be what you expect or you might f- ignore all the other things in your life, which I think that's, like, important message for us. Yeah. Um, I'm curious on how this fits into the Pixar theory. I will definitely be doing some research later. Well, I think that... Yeah, ocean, that's crazy. The ocean joke probably is Finding Nemo right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ocean. There yeah. you go. But, uh, yeah, very good movie highly recommend it on disney plus right now great film. go watch it um Very our final movie. our final little <laughs> i found this our final little thing is that um i found out that the the physical model of david hasselhoff used in the spongebob movie <laughs> went up for auction i don't know how much it sold for but the estimated value was 1.5 million dollars <laughs> can we get a gofundme Let's um, do we it. need to ride I, the Hasselhoff. I want to. I, I want the Hasselhoff in my house. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why this just. This must have been sitting in like a warehouse for years, and then someone, like I mentioned, someone uncovering it and just screaming because it's David Hasselhoff, like in a box. Um, if I had the money, I would buy it right now. I would also. Because, like, imagine, imagine what you could do with it coffee table like, anything coffee any table. there's anything you could do with it <laughs> um, the possibilities I, are endless i always love that part of the movie and that's just so bizarre that they even made like a full body model of him and now they're but, selling it or they're putting it up for art like anyone can have it a random person you can I walk think it might house. have been david hasselhoff selling it but i'm not that's sure amazing. But anyway. If I was David Hasselhoff, I would so keep that. Same. <laughs> like, like, why wouldn't you want just a, a full life model of yourself just hanging around your house? Instead of that's like the, hilarious. Instead oh, of like so the bear rug, it's just a you rug. <laughs> you have a party? Oh my god, what's on the floor? That's me. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You want a drink? <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you please use a coaster when you put your drink on my back? <laughs> The butt's very firm. I, w- I would recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, but moving on from Hasselhoff butts uh, to a similar topic, music. Um, All right. So, so um, before we kind of, I want to kind of talk about all our experiences. Dan, you go to a music college. Um, I so do. I definitely want to hear about that. But before that, Christian, you've got kind of a new thing happening this year. Do you want to like talk about that a little yes. bit? Yes. So my new year's resolution is, is a little more uh, like concrete than yours. So I saw this on TikTok one day and I decided to do it. I'm listening to a new album, a different album that I haven't heard before every single day of 2021. And I 
you know, do a little review and give it a rating. And I put it up on my TikTok. Everybody go follow me at CPeen Does Music. It's my TikTok, and I'm doing a review every single day of 2021. And it's been really fun so far. Uh, let me see if I can. I have a little list here. So there are some, you know, some artists that I've heard before, some artists that I haven't heard before. So it's introducing me to a lot of new music. And so far, as of yesterday, because I haven't listened to something today yet, as of yesterday, I have found one, two, three, four albums that I consider 10 out of 10. Um, but so I've been discovering a lot of new music. It's been really, really fun. And if anybody has recommendations, you know, just hit me up, go follow my TikTok. You can comment on my posts and leave a suggestion and maybe I'll review it. But uh, it's been a lot of fun and I'm hoping to expand my music palette more than just like the typical, you know, bit of hip hop or bit of rock or bit of indie pop that I usually listen to. I'm trying to do like a lot of different stuff. So it's been nice. really fun and I'm excited to do more of it. But that's my New Year's resolution. Nice. That's a very fun like goal, I guess, to be doing. Um, that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, I'll I definitely actually send you some recommendations. Cool, cool. And I, I think I saw the one you did on uh, that John Bellion album, like The Human Condition. Yes. And then I went and listened to it and it was really good. Um, so like I even see, because I feel like I get stuck in a rut listening to like the same music. So mm-hmm. I like seeing you talking about like, maybe I'll check out those 10 out of 10 albums. And then just I even you're like opening me up to stuff that I haven't heard before, which uh, okay. is really cool. So I keep going, keep on keep on posting them because I like listening to them. Cool, cool, cool. I definitely will. Um, so, Dan, why don't you talk a little, little, a little bit about um, like your experience with music, like what it's like going to like a music oriented <laughs> college versus just like our like liberal arts school? Um, sure. Yeah. Like so i I started with music in I would say early middle school and then when I got to high school I got in a choir I started doing more theater I got a um, I got a voice teacher and um, I, I ran like my acapella group and uh, I got really into music there and I, I started to kind of learn a lot about um, like the inner workings of music and things like that with theory and things like that and then I got into Berkeley and my entire world changed. It, it was because when you're in high school, you're you're kind of you're a big fish in a small pond. And then you get to you get to a music school and you find out that you're not you're not you're not good anymore. You're really not. No one is not not even the best of the best. And so you really you really have to adapt and you got to you got to forget about everything else and you got to just work on yourself. And so I really worked on learning a lot about theory. Um, I did really good at ear training, which those harmony and ear training are the two core classes at Berkeley that everyone has to take. Um, But a lot of people shrug it off, especially if it has nothing to do with their major, Um, which it doesn't have anything to do with mine, but, but I still really wanted to, to get into it. Um, and it was my perfect pitch definitely helped with ear training as well. And I'm hoping to become a tutor for that in the future. Yeah, you both have um, perfect pitch and I'm jealous. Yeah, we might test each other later. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yo, sure. That'd be kind of funny. That'd be awesome. Um, 
but yeah, I, I also got really into acapella because I did a lot of it in high school. So I joined, it was really ambitious, but I joined two groups when I got to Berkeley. I joined an all-male group called the Charlie Chords, which I then led my second year. Um, and then I joined another group called On The Box, which I, I left Charlie's because I was doing a lot of stuff with my, I, I was the president of them for a year. And then I, I left because I wanted to do some, uh, some other stuff with my own. Uh, my own work and i'm also trying to get a country band set up so on the box is a little more casual so i joined back with them and uh, i think we're going to release an ep or an album in the next year or so um and and charlie's actually just released an ep as well if you want to check that out uh charlie chords light the way and i think i'm soloing on on one of those um your country band that you want to start what would you call it um, so one of my buddies that I, I did some really early stuff with, um, his name is Jackson Rivers. And so we, what is it? Jackson, I forget his last name, but I know his middle name's Rivers. So I, I always call him Jackson Rivers. And so we were gonna, we were gonna call our band the River Walkers. Ooh, River Walkers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll copyright that right now. <laughs> Verbal copyright. <laughs> you just said Jackson Rivers. I think that also sounds like a cool country band name. Absolutely. I know. I'm, I'm. I told him if we get if because he's planning on moving to Nashville too once we get out of college. Um, and I got a few other friends down there. A lot of Berkeley kids moved down to Nashville, but um, we could definitely we could definitely do something with that. And me, I, I I'm a I'm a regular Daniel Walker. It's a very country name. It could be anything in music, but Walker's a very basic thing that people would oh look it's walker oh which one doesn't matter so <laughs> the walker river uh something i don't know <laughs> um yeah, it's cool though jackson that's walker awesome. nah we'll um, figure it out well he's not marrying me but uh <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> um, give me a little time here gotta think it through <laughs> um so what is your major then so I'm a, I juggled it around for a while because I was, I really wanted to do, um, I really wanted to do performance and something else. Um, at first I was thinking about production. Um, and then I realized I suck with everything technology. Um, and then, and then I went on to contemporary writing and production and I was really interested in it, but the only reason I was is because I got really into, um, arranging for acapella and, Contemporary writing and production has, or we call it CWP, has much more to it than just acapella writing. It, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like every single genre you learn to write for, and you even have to produce in some aspects, um, like with a few like vocal writing classes, and and there's some like bossa nova stuff you do, like like you you do literally everything you could think of. You probably have to do it at least once. Um, and so what I landed on was um, a music business major with a, a focus in um, business management, um, as well as um, a minor in American roots music, which is kind of like country performance with a little bit of history spotted in there. But but like I, it, it has it has the performance aspect that I'm looking for, and I don't have to spend more than four years, which is nice. Okay, nice. Very cool. That sounds. That yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it, it is pretty cool. As much as I like to rag on Berkeley, sometimes it it is a great school. 
and it's got a lot of really really cool programs like you can think of any ensemble and they have it that i got an email about some ensemble that's like a, a mix between arabic music and bossa nova and, and like three or four other things that has never been done before except berkeley did it so <laughs> they can they can do literally anything when it comes to music do they have a group that's like just a mallet percussion because i've seen that at some places yeah probably i i wouldn't put it past them there's there's one thing that that is an issue at berkeley is there's a lot of um there's a lot of vocalists and that's mainly because they want to they want to increase the amount of women that are at the school because for, for a lot of different fields um it's men that mostly dominate it like almost any like guitarists drummers um production stuff like it's almost all men that that dominate the field and it's not because you know they like men more it's just it's because women usually don't gravitate to those kinds of things Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of vocalists and there's not enough instrumentalists to kind of uh keep up with that which kind of sucks because then a lot of people you know they get stuck with like four or five vocalists in an ensemble class and you get to only sing like one or two songs which kind of sucks you don't really get the full experience but um, I think I think they might be trying to fix it um, in the next couple of years. Maybe trying to get a few more instrumentalists in and things like that. So nice. Um, I think I don't know. I think it, it's interesting to like the differences because we're very much like not a music school. Like we have a music program and stuff, but it's very like not the focus. Um, like I don't know. Like we. I guess we can we can talk about like acapella and stuff and i think christian and i we can maybe talk about our kind of experiences with music as well but um i know that like i don't know what's your what's the atmosphere like with acapella at your school so it's it's a little okay so there's two different atmospheres there's the berkeley atmosphere which is extremely competitive and then there's the um boston experience where we're like the top dogs basically no matter what group you're in um so for berkeley there's five main groups with a few other vocal groups that you could maybe consider acapella but they haven't really hit their stride yet when it comes to being a full-fledged acapella group so the big two are pitch slapped and upper structure and you've probably heard of pitch slapped i feel like there's like uh, a because they I know it, it, pitch slapped is they're they're like a jazz and pop mix, but they they do a bunch of stuff. But that's mainly their thing, and they've been kind of trying to dip in R and B. But the other group, Upper Structure, is a big pop R and B group, um, and they both have they're they're both so talented. They've both been on like tours to China, and they've been on they've been on countless other things that have like in other acapella competitions. Um, I think Upper Structure won second place in the ICCAs a few years oh. ago. I think a half a decade ago, I think. And Pitch Slapped has won, I think, three times in the past. And actually, Pitch Slapped's um, one of their old bass, one of their bass, no, sorry, one of their bass singers um, is actually the new bass in Pentatonix. Wow. That um, yeah, the 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 uh, the black guy who who goes like really low and has a really smooth voice. That's him. He was a pitch slap bass that's bass awesome. singer. That's awesome. Yeah, and so they're they're both really really good. The other three groups, um, two of them I already mentioned, the Charlie Chords, um, they're an all male group, and they've been really they've been really competitive. 
I, th- I think they're starting to go a little bit less competitive because now they're they're starting to release stuff, which is nice. Um, but they've always been a competitive group. And um, when I was in it, we really were hitting our stride. We got to semifinals, which has only been done twice for that group. And that, that's hard to do for ICCAs, wow. especially in Boston, because our, our, the Northwest region is the best region in the whole country for acapella. Um, cause basically you could take the whole North, North, um, the Northeast region and it, it's probably better than every other region combined minus maybe SoCal vocals in California and a few other groups. Um, and then on the Vox is they're more casual, but they do a lot of pop stuff, a few indie things, uh, a few rock things, and then treble threat, which they're the all female group. And they've, they've been on the rocks for a little bit. Um, but they they really hit their stride last year where they won first place in their quarterfinal of ICCAs, and now they're really, really good. And then Boston, <laughs> there's a lot of groups. There's a lot of groups. The only reason why I know a lot of them, and I won't mention a lot of them because I know there's a lot of colleges. Like Boston's the college school in in uh, in United States of America. So, Boston, the college school? Boston, Boston, the college. That is actually is a that that is a college, Boston College. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Um, <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of interesting because there's not a lot of music schools in Boston. There's I think maybe two or three. Like Berkeley's obviously the big one, but there's there's like a few like independent ones you don't really hear from. Uh, but it's interesting because the the schools like Northeastern and BU they they have a ton of people and so their acapella groups are almost as good if not just as good as groups like Berkeley has and it's it's mainly and that's why SoCal Vocals groups I don't know if you know them um, but they they're amazing they're they're just as good as Pitch Slap Um, but they they come from SoCal University I think I think or California University, something like that. Uh, but they have thousands and thousands of students, and that's just like Northeastern, just like BU. And because they have that many people, they get so many people auditioning for the groups, and they they get a lot of good people. Um, but besides that, um, Berkeley usually is pretty top dog when it comes to acapella in Boston. That's not really a competition; it's more about you know just performing for people and having fun. Um, so yeah, that's, that's acapella and, uh, in the Boston area. That is pretty cool. And I can tell you right now, I don't think St. Joe's is that competitive. No. Um, <laughs> have, have you guys ever done ICCAs? Mm, no. I think maybe in the past, one of them might has, but not in a long time if they have. But we've been doing, there's like a competition in Carlisle, Pennsylvania that we do, um, that all three of the groups, you know, try to go to often uh 54th and city that was the, that's the group that will and i are both in we went to carlisle two years ago now it was our freshman year uh that was a lot of fun um we didn't you know win but we, had we have one, one in the one past year. we yeah we have one in the past but that year we got uh best solo one of our guys got best soloist um, that's cool that was a, that was a fun night um oh, but yeah. i can tell you right now it's not really that competitive it feels i mean i think hawkapella which is the the co-ed group that will is also in i think they're a little more like 
maybe not competitive. I guess maybe a little more serious than. I think I've heard group. of them actually. I've heard really? of either. I don't know if I if I know another group called Hawkapella. There is another Hawkapella, but I don't know where they're from. Oh, I remember oh. doing. I remember doing. Um, I, I did an online master class for a some group that had a similar name. UMass Lowell Hawkapella. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i only i only work with with boston i mean I, i'll work with other you groups but boston. I, i've mostly worked with i've mostly worked with other boston groups like simmons uh the simmons sirens um i've done some stuff with with some berkeley groups um i've worked with um formerly acapocalypse but now they're fen, fen harmonics which i don't know why they changed their name their name was awesome now they're fen harmonics Oh man, that's such a cool name. I'm gonna, I know that's what I told him. Oh, One of their members is now in on the box, and I said, "Why the heck would you ever, ever change that name?" She's like, "I don't know. We just didn't want it." I'm like you guys are nuts. I even talked to their their leader Joe, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "We just wanted to change our name." Like you guys already have a crazy following. Like you go to a manual that's like a huge school. Like you and you have a crazy following. Like don't change your name. He's like, "It's already done." I, do? I, I, the reason that I asked, like, what the difference was, I don't know, like, I feel like we're very much more casual, like, at St. Joe's. Definitely. It's just, like, this thing that people do for fun. And I still think, like, we're talented and stuff, but, yeah. um, because well, I don't I get me I, wrong, we all do it for fun, but there, there definitely yeah. is, there definitely is more of a competitive, uh, mindset to it, especially when it comes to the, um, the acapella, uh, competition, ICCAs, which is actually, it's in the first, um, the the pitch perfect movie is that competition Mm, um Um, so that's it definitely can it definitely can get really competitive but it's good to keep a good mindset like a a casual mindset yeah and i i wanted to like bring that up because i i guess i want to talk a little bit about like we all do acapella um and i feel like i guess like more recently like in the past 10 years it's like become a lot bigger than in the past i could be wrong but like I don't know, especially, like, stuff like Pitch Perfect and, like, stuff like that has made it, like, more mainstream. And I I, mm. I kind of imagine, and I don't know if you confirm this, but I, like, imagine that when, because people, whenever I tell people I'm in acapella, they're like, oh, is it, like, Pitch Perfect? I'm like, not really. Um, is it more, <laughs> is it more like that, not mindset, but, like, that kind of, like, I'm not, I don't know. I guess they're kind of toxic in Pitch Perfect, but, um, like, that kind of, like, atmosphere of, like, going to like the iccas and stuff like is it more like that at like um music it is it like the the glossy feel of it being like oh my god we're making it to stardom it's it's not really like that as much as people would think it's so much work especially when it comes to the choreography because because a lot of people they go into they go into um acapella to sing they'll go into it to dance and so it's nice if you can dance, but when it comes to ICCAs, choreography is one of the biggest things that people can hit you for. And I think that that's what made the Charlie Chords lose last year by a few by a few places. We didn't do all we didn't do bad, but it, it was uh, we definitely didn't do as good as we did the previous year. And it was mainly because we we didn't have enough time for our choreography. Um, but I think that I think I think that the it's hard to say because because it is a lot like it is a lot like they say in the movies. I mean, there's obviously not like the acapella offs where like people go into like a dark alley 
and and they <laughs> they sing like random songs right off the bat like that doesn't make any sense at all you like you need to have arrangements you need to have practice with those things you can't just say oh my god sing like mariah carey and then just randomly come up with a song and just come up with like it, it's not it's not very a viable thing you know unless like you've practiced it non-stop like not even the best groups can really do that <laughs> the dark alley yeah. that is what they do didn't they didn't they go to some like it was some like underground acapella competition where like they have the weird like wheel and they like they did it in both the movies i think yeah that's that's so weird I don't know why they would choose to do that. <laughs> Anyone ever puke on stage like in Pitch Perfect? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Especially not on the judges, because they would definitely take points off for that. Yeah, they, they would they would take there, there's a there's a score called professionalism, and I think it's a one out of five score they give for each for each judge. That would definitely be at the zero. They would say hold it back. <laughs> It's completely your fault. <laughs> Hold it back. <laughs> they definitely make a note about that. <laughs> the score sheets are pretty interesting to look at too, because like the way that they the way that they score is is actually a lot of the the things that people need to work on in an acapella group, which is like blend, um, where you are pitch wise, because pitch is really really important as well as blend, um, but also like expression and like how much you feel the music and how much you connect to other people. Um, which, which are all really, really important things. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty interesting. Cool. So we are getting a little towards the end here. So I want to transition back to the single that we played before. And you said you wanted to talk about a little bit about the production and the whole process of it. So sure. Um, I guess like maybe start from the beginning, like what inspired you to, I guess in this song in particular, you know, what's where did this come from? You know, so this is going to sound really corny, but I I actually wrote it last year, almost to the dot for my girlfriend for Valentine's oh. Day. And she still has the original demo and I will never release that because <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. But she still listens to it like almost every night. So I guess I did something right. Um, but... I I, ba- I did nothing with it for the longest time. And then I came back to Berkeley because um, we were all online, but I, I still just went back to my apartment for September and I threw a little get together with some friends and my buddy Tucker came over and I said, yo, um, I have this song and I know you're like producing stuff now. Do you want to, do you want to like just hang out and like, like do stuff with it? He's like, yeah, bro. Like just send it over to me. Like, let's, let's go hang out, like bring some beers. I'm like, okay sure (laughs) and um then he he calls me up and he's like yo we could actually like produce this and i'm like really like i i wrote this in in two days with my buddy in a in a practice room under some like rundown building with with my with my crappy north yeti microphone like do you are you sure he's like yeah let's do it i'm like all right so we the first, the, so the first step for recording anything, and this goes for, for, um, for like whether you're like the, the smallest dog in the in the fishbowl, that doesn't make any sense. But um, <laughs> or or you're the or you're you're like a Ariana Grande, and you're with like a crazy you know studio like Universal or Sony or like something nuts, 
that you always have to have the song written first, whether you write it or you write it with someone else or you or someone writes it for you. A lot of people do that nowadays. Um, you have to have the song first, obviously, and having a really basic chord progression. A lot of the songs have the exact same chord progression. It's like like a one, six, five, four or the, the whole the whole basis of, of music really centers around the relationship between five and one, uh, which if, if someone doesn't understand music, they have no idea what I mean. Um, but the, like the, the chords really do matter when it comes to, when it comes to a song, because then it kind of dictates your melody and then, then it dictates, you know, what kind of words you can use and, and how you can form a melody with those chords. But people have been doing it for millennia with the same four freaking chords over and over and over again. So it, it's, it's not that hard. Um, but once you get a song, then you you find a producer and then you start what is called tracking. And it doesn't really matter what order you do it in. It, it can be easier if you start low and then kind of move up and then end around vocals. Um, but we started with, because we had a guitar and I, I made a little bass MIDI, which is I played a, a piano in a, in a music software and it just made a bass. It made it sound like a bass. Um, but we we started with just planning out what we're doing. We had guitar, violin. Um, obviously, we had drums. We didn't really have access to drums, so we had one of our friends who plays drums. We had him do some um, some MIDI drums, which it's, go- it's always good to have someone do that who's experienced with drums. So if you don't have a drum set to do that, because the rhythms really do matter. Um, and then obviously we got bass and we got, um, electric guitar and we even started putting piano in and I think we have an organ somewhere in there as well, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, but then once you get all that tracked, which it's always better to do it in person, but if you got to record remotely, you got to do it. Um, then we did vocals. The best way to record vocals is you just literally sing through it like three or four times and then you just splice together all the best parts of each track. And then that, that usually, that's what, you know, I think that's what Ariana Grande did for her last album. And that, that's what people do for almost every album. But I, I remember they had a, they had a thing about her a few years ago where she did that. And then they like videotaped her doing it, which is kind of cool. Um, and then what, then what you do is you send it to a mixer. And what a mixer does is he basically, or she, like it, Gender doesn't matter, um, but you you basically send it to a mixer, and that usually costs a, a pretty penny, but that's okay. Um, and then they what they do is they change the levels. Um, they'll basically make it so that it fits better in the track. Um, they'll put pitch correctors on whatever needs pitch correcting. Usually it's vocals, um, but I didn't really have an issue with that. Um, humble brag, man. <laughs> hum, humble brag, humble brag. Listen, listen to the song. It's it's good. I barely had to use any pitch corrector. I, I did a little bit of it myself. Um, yeah. And then once once that stage is done and it, it sounds almost like a real song, what you do is you send it to a master, a master guy. And that's like all the little details that make it sound together. And, and it really it really changes it. So where you can you can make specific recordings for specific things. Like the one that we played earlier, 
that is um it's a i think that one is the the digital one where i'm gonna put that up on apple music spotify soundcloud and that's the one that that we'll be using for streaming um however there's a few other ones that one of them is actually for music videos and so people actually use different tracks for different different purposes uh, that one being a music uh, music video one. I think another one is for another streaming site that isn't one of the mainstream ones. Are Are you gonna make a music video of it? Probably not. But but, but that that's basically what most masters do is they make different versions so that you can you can kind of hear like whatever you want and uh, and really get what what you want out of it. And it's really hard to do um, remotely. But the good thing is that Berkeley has the best of the best um especially not even just that people go to school but people that are in the industry now like there's managers there's marketing divisions there's there's producers there's masters there's there's you know singers like uh john mayer um bands like imagine dragons charlie um, there's all these people are from berkeley and they're crazy at what they do and so there's countless resources did you have like a class where charlie puth was just like at the class no i i heard that that was gonna happen some some seniors were egging people on when i got there as a freshman and they're like yo charlie puth's gonna come make sure you wear <laughs> make sure you wear your best suit and i'm like really i bet charlie puth's gonna be in like a hairnet and 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 look like he just woke up out of bed <laughs> but um I, I have I have met a few I've, I've not like met met but I've I've seen um, some people that have either been endorsed by Berkeley or that have gone to Berkeley and have come back for whatever um, we did an online seminar with Charlie Puth uh, yeah, a few months met. ago before we left um, or I think the end of freshman year we did a Q and A with Justin Timberlake which is pretty cool um, and they I think they made John Mayer an honorary uh they gave, i think they gave him an honorary diploma or something like that a few years ago so they they, they like to reach out to people like that and, and do some really cool stuff so it, it's good though it's really good because you can with the name berkeley as as your as the school you went to you have a lot of different um opportunities that you normally wouldn't have which is really good for people that want to get into the industry hmm, nice well, that's really cool. Yeah. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. Definitely. Um, yeah. Before we end, I want to do a little game that we talked about, and I'm going to call it Pitch Better Have My Melody. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to oh, play. <laughs> I'm going to play a few notes, and I want you guys to tell me what note they are, and whoever gets the most right wins. Uh, are we so doing I'll it do. back and forth, or are we? Yeah, actually, no, that's that's smart. Yeah. Um, or or is it like first come first serve? Let's do it back and forth. Um, okay. I feel like that'll be easier. So you'll yeah. both get three different. Do you want to do like three back to back to back, or like one at a time? Do we'll um, start with singular notes, and then we yeah. can go on to like basic, okay. like thirds and fourths. Okay, well, I don't know that stuff, so. <laughs> I'm not um i'll just do notes but and you know maybe i'll put this on the instagram as a game on the story like a multiple choice game um we have to pick the right note but i really I like put my other game. headphone on for this now i gotta listen <laughs> all right so dan since you're the guest we'll go with you first um okay. so pitch pitch better have my melody 
Um, let's do the first note. That's an A flat. Correct. All right. Um, ah, whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just downloaded a video. <laughs> yeah, what were all those notes? Um, put it. Put it a little closer to the mic. I could barely hear that one. Yeah. I still got it right. Turn it all the way up. I still got it right. Is that? Is that for Christian? That's, uh, that's for. Yes, that's for Christian. Oh, can you play it again? Yeah, sorry. It's an E. What'd you say? An E. Correct. All right, well you're done. one for one. All right, now for Dan. Uh. Uh, B flat. Correct. <laughs> that's low, dude. That was like what a B flat two, B flat one. B flat one. That's low. Okay, um, Christian. That's a C sharp. Yes. <laughs> nice. Correct. All right, last one for Dan. I don't know, like, what notes are considered hard, but <laughs> um, B. It's a G. Correct. <laughs> Sorry. Um, last one for Christian. All right. Uh, correct. All right. You've both won. Pitch better have my melody, and your prizes are uh, superiority over everyone because you have perfect pitch. Um, Yeah. Nice. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> so congratulations. Um, I do have a quick question. Do they use you, Christian, as a as a, a pitch a pitch corrector in your acapella group? Um, what do you mean? Well, so so a lot of time, or what they did to me last year, and they might do it to me this year in my new group that I'm in. Um, but they they use me as a pitch pipe. And so I basically sing the first note all the time. And I did that in high school too. Um, I think I like, I think people have set, so I'm, I'm the music director of my acapella group. So that's, I, that's what I do. I like to give the pitches. And I think that's something that I could have done, but I kind of chose not to do it because I didn't really want to. So I just have like an app on my, like a piano app on my phone and kind of, um, just play the started notes for everyone when we start but like i guess if i hear something off then i can like it's easier usually, to correct it yeah it, it's usually usually i can like identify it i could be like okay that's coming from like the baritones something's off here and then we can figure it out it's that's never good. the baritone but, uh, now, right. it's usually the baritones oh yeah <laughs> oh, no. that are the um, sopranos i'm usually walking right. <laughs> so, uh, quick question you. have you like always had perfect pitch it's funny because everyone tells me that you're born with it and i think that's a load of bull because i i didn't know i did for a while when i was in middle school and early high school i kind of just remembered the starting note to whatever i did no matter what i always had it in my brain and then i kind of figured out the notes like i figured out like like you know like what the notes are on a staff and then I was like, oh, so that's a C. Oh, that's a G. And then I just, I, I kind of just uh, 
instead of learning the notes from like different songs, I learned, I just learned the notes. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if you would call that perfect pitch or just like, like a crazy relative pitch, but I mean, it's been working for me so far. I haven't been wrong in years. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what I do. Like pitch association, like, uh, like just now, you know, I heard the E and like, I pretty much know it's an E, but that's also like the first note in runaway by Kanye West or like the, yeah. Yeah. Think of, uh, uh, like crazy frog or whatever you know so i think some of it is pitch association but like if you play me a c i know it's a c but i think a lot of it comes from i've heard all these songs and i know what note they start with um well now for me it's definitely pitch association but mm. it, it definitely like in the start i always used like different choir songs that we ever that we did in class for for whatever note i was trying to learn or like if, if like my my teacher would go like hey Dan just like like sing a B flat I I wouldn't even register it as a B flat I would register it as the the starting note of the song that we were gonna sing yeah okay. so it, it it is pretty interesting how people because yeah. like the the um the old wives tale that it, you're born with it you can be born with it but you have to learn like music first like you can't just yeah. go you can't just be like a three year old and go that's an F like, it's not how it works. <laughs> Dan, do you ever have people tell you to like, if they, if you like a noise happens, so like, what's that note? Cause we do that to Christian all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, or I just do it anyway. If there's like a car horn, I'm like, shut up with your a sharp. Yeah. I do that. Too. Sometimes, um, you know, if someone's like clinking a glass, like what noise is this? Or sometimes, my like my brother would just like slap a table it's like oh what note is this i'm like it's not a note you're just slapping the table (laughs) listen you can get notes from percussion i've been finding that like i can i can like hit a table and i can actually like hear a note somewhere or like i've learned recently over the past couple years that i can pitch my clicks like that's pretty cool yeah (laughs) like like you can you can do crazy stuff with it my my um my friend uh francis he was music directing on the vox uh as when i was a freshman and there was a song with like a click with but i had to like do the clicks we never actually did it but it was really cool that's funny yeah all right well i think that'll just about wrap it up um dan thank you for coming thank you for having me it was a a blast to have you on and thank you everybody for listening make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at wc in the morning uh subscribe to us on youtube just will and christian in the morning uh make sure to listen on spotify and apple podcast give us five stars five stars and be sure Ah, four and a half for me Hey, oh. <laughs> I'm getting them. Sure Dan single coming out the Friday before February 14th, correct? Is that right? Yep. That's it. I think it's what, 11th? I could check real quick. Do you have anything else to plug also while you're here? Um, for It's the 12th. So February 12th, it'll be coming out. And I'm going to put some stuff out on social media in the next couple of days. So. Be on the lookout for that. Dan Walker, 
um, Instagram and I don't really use Instagram, but I'll be posting it there and Facebook. I'll be, I'll be plugging some stuff. So be on the lookout. And, um, the Charlie chords, my old acapella group just came out with an EP called light the way. Um, that's Charlie and then chords all one word. And, uh, yeah, I'm on there. So check me out. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.